0: God is God, if God loves you beyond measure, then it follows ipso facto that he has an amazing plan for your life. Problem is, so often we're expecting something entirely else, the trinkets and the baubles that the world offers. And anyone whose expectations are working against God's plans is just not going to have a very happy life, are they? I'm Bernie Dimit, and welcome again to the program as we take another look at your life from a different perspective. I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people that loves to live life to the full. I want each and every day to be something special. And most mornings when I wake up, I have this sense of opportunity and anticipation of what the day is going to bring. Not every morning, of course. Some mornings I'm tired, especially if I've been travelling and and speaking till late in the evening and then I have to stump up the next day and do it all again. Some mornings it's hard to face the next day, isn't it? But by and large, to me, each new day is a new opportunity. It's exactly what the Bible teaches us. Psalm 118 verse 24 says this, This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad in it. It doesn't mean that everything is always going to be going swimmingly well in our lives. It just means that whatever's going on, whatever our circumstances are, there's something to look forward to today, this very day, because it's the day that the Lord has made and he has a plan for your life today. I can say that. In fact, I know that because, again, that's what the Bible tells us. And the Bible is, after all, God's very word. His living word to you and me. The Bible is God speaking directly and unequivocally to you and me today is what the Lord has to say about your day today. Psalm 139, verses 16 and 17. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! So, the Lord your God knows what your today holds. He planned it an eternity ago. It's a good plan. It's a plan made by this God who loves you beyond measure. But the problem is that God's plans and our expectations are often misaligned. They just don't match up. So let me ask you, what are your expectations of today and tomorrow? What are you hoping that they'll hold? What do you want them to bring to your life? Well, often our expectations revolve around what we think is going to be good for us. In fact, often it's something of an understatement, isn't it? We always expect and anticipate that things should be fantastic for me, right? You see, our expectation generally revolves around success. Success in relationships, success at work, success in our finances and in our health and in pretty much every sphere of our lives. We want to be healthy, wealthy and wise. That's just perfect. We'd like everybody to love us and to always agree with us. We'd like lots of money in the bank so that we don't have any financial worries. We want our marriages and our families to be perfect. And By the way, a nice, sunny, warm day would be just perfect to top it all off, Lord. Yeah, that's what I'd like today to be, and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and pretty much, Lord, for the rest of my life. Can you make it like that? And, Lord, I'd like to live to a ripe old age as well. Forever would be good, nice and comfortable and safe and happy and content, without any stresses or strains or arguments or ill health to ruin my day. (laughs) That's pretty much it, isn't it? That's what we, by and large, expect out of life. In fact, our hopes and expectations revolve around the things of this world. We're expecting the world of God. But have a listen to what Jesus says about you and me in his final prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he goes off and gets himself crucified for thee and for me. John chapter 17, verses 11 and 15 to 17. And now... I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, that's us. They are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as you and I are one. I'm not asking that you should take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. So sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. As you have sent me into this world, so I have sent them into the world. So according to Jesus, we don't belong to the world and the world doesn't belong to us. His prayer to his Father for you and me, just before he gets crucified for us, is that God should protect us and keep us safe in the truth. Protect us from what? Protect us from the enemy. Protect us from the world. Because when we believe in Jesus, believe you me, the world isn't going to like that. It'll try to seduce you discredit you, and stomp on you, aided and abetted by Satan and his army of demons. Is that what you're expecting today, tomorrow, the next day, and for the rest of your life? Because that's exactly what Jesus promises will happen. John chapter 16, verse 33. I've said this to you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will face tribulation, but take courage, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." What we should be expecting, what we should be hoping for, is that the Father will answer Jesus' prayer for us in our lives. What we should be hoping for is that the victory that Jesus won for us will bring courage to our hearts. And what we should be hoping for and looking forward to and expecting is the prize that comes at the end of all of this. Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Paul says, look, for me... Living is Christ, but dying is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me, but I don't know which one I prefer. You see, I'm really hard-pressed between the two. My real desire is to depart and to be with Jesus, because that is much better. But to remain here in the flesh is probably more necessary for you. Hey, Paul's torn. What are you hoping for? The world, or are you hoping for Christ? Are you expecting the world of God and all the baubles and trinkets that it offers, but one day will perish? Or are you hoping in this certainty of life everlasting with Jesus, forever and ever and ever, amen? Which one? God's plans are God's plans. He is not going to change them for you and for me. So we can either hope for the world and struggle for the rest of our lives against God, or hope in Him and live out His plans. The question is, which one is it going to be, huh? What is it that makes us expect life to give us this fairy floss dream that we know is completely and utterly unrealistic and then we get all disappointed when it doesn't work out that way, which it never was to start with, right? God's promise is not that he's going to take away all the pain and suffering. In fact, when you listen to Jesus, it's exactly the opposite. His promise, though, is that in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the loss and the tears, we will know his unspeakable joy. His peace, which passes all understanding, the certain rock-solid hope of an eternity with Jesus. His promise is that with our eyes firmly set on the author and the perfecter of our faith, we will be transformed from glory to glory into his image, the power of sin being washed away, and the freedom that only comes from Christ becoming the most abundant reality in our lives. Come on, is that a stunning life or what? We can't grab hold of that stunning life. We can't live that life when we're always chasing after the trinkets that the world dangles under our noses. Perception is reality. And for many a Christ follower, their wrong expectations are what's robbing them of this absolutely stunning life that God wants them to live. Stunning on the one hand, and sacrifice and suffering on the other don't seem to go together, do they? They seem to be diametrically opposed... Until you look at the cross of Christ, the most stunning life and sacrifice of all time, that's the life that he has for you, a stunning life. So will you take up your cross and follow him? Will you? Life can be hard work some days, and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook Power Unlimited. Thousands already have and the most common response, "Hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much." It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you, too, to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective.